Hello, star babies. Welcome to the first episode of Starstruck Radio. I'm so hype for this series and can't wait to just dive right in. But before we dive in, I am watching the most gorgeous sunset out of my window and it feels so timely to just be admiring the sky while unpacking what's in store in the sky for the week ahead. So we're just going to dive right in. If we've never met before, hey, my name is Rena. I'm the founder of Starstruck. I'm the host of this podcast. And if you're new to Starstruck or if you found me through Starstruck, Starstruck is a sub brand underneath Urban Buddha. So definitely go check out Urban, two underscores Buddha on Instagram if you've never checked it out. If you came over from Urban Buddha, what's up? I'm so excited that you are as passionate about astrology as I am, and we are going to deep dive. Okay, so the way that this podcast is going to work is we're going to start each episode kind of with a week in review, really reflecting on what the genuine experience of the transits from last week were, because I am so such a firm believer that astrology is as powerful as we choose to get reflective with it. So astrology can be the least impactful tool in the toolkit if you are not applying your self-reflectiveness. But the moment you start to go in with your self-reflectiveness, that's when your own self-awareness begins to expand, which is the magic of astrology, is being able to expand your self-awareness, your self-understanding. And that goes for both just like understanding your chart when you understand, say, that you have Venus in the 10th house of Gemini, you start to understand those facets of you, those anchored traits of you for you to harness and lean into and play with. But also as we go through major transits in the sky, whether it's a Mercury retrograde or a certain planet conjuncting another planet that only happens every 500 years and all that sensational stuff we tend to hear in astrology, when you take time to really reflect on it, you understand how you respond and experience the cosmic energy. And you'll get a taste of it this week, but really when you can allow yourself to drop in and reflect on how you experienced things, how it felt in your body, what it did to your emotional body, how your mental landscape was navigating it, the more you understand the way you move through things, the more you can prepare yourself to move through it in a more embodied, authentic, grounded, rooted, open way in the future, which is going to prime you for that real divine transformation rather than getting caught up in the stress waves, but then never actually going back to understand what was happening both in the skies, but also in your own energy body. So I'm so excited to offer these resources to you. And let's just dive right in to what the hell happened last week. So last week, Mars went direct. And to be honest, I think I know I personally am still integrating that. I'm still taking time to feel the effects of it. Um, And I assume everyone else will be. I do know that based off of my chart, Mars transits 
really affect me, especially something like a retrograde, because my Mars is at home in the sign of Aries. So Mars is a significant placement in my chart. So when Mars does funky things like retrogrades or goes direct, I definitely feel it pretty intensely. Not to mention this Mars retrograde was in my eighth house of transformation, depth, death and rebirth, surrender. This Mars retrograde in itself was just at a very intense positioning in my chart. So I do think we will take a few days to integrate Mars going direct. I mean, we're in the shadow period until March 15th. So yes, we genuinely are all integrating it until March 15th. But on the day that it went direct, January 12th, like I feel like between January 10th and January 14th, life was wild. And I know people that went through breakups. I know people that, you know, announced that they were moving cities to their larger group. And there was just a lot of like taking action on things that you had been simmering for a few months. And so I feel like I'm still in that wave of like, I'm still taking action on things that I've been simmering on and I'm kind of waiting and seeing this week to see how much of that is from the jolt of Mars going direct and how much of that is just going to stay until Mars leaves its post shadow period. So Mars went direct. That was intense. Major shit went down. Uh, You likely took action on things that you had been maybe even unconsciously meditating on for months. We also had Mercury go direct, which this was, I led a Mercury retrograde intensive, basically a mini course guiding a group through all the details and specific transits of Mercury retrograde. So I've been highly invested in this Mercury retrograde and it was incredible. The results people had were just so beautiful. I mean, we had a live call on Wednesday when Mercury went direct and everyone came on and they were like, yeah, I'm just feeling pretty peaceful, to be honest. And that's not to say this retrograde wasn't a retrograde, but people typically had more emotional experiences. I think that has to do with Capricorn, but people tend to have more emotional experiences rather than like technical wild snafus. But they were reflecting, they're like, yeah, even through these emotional experiences, there's just this like base grounding I still feel, this peace that like everything's still working in my favor. And it was incredible to go from that and then immediately after hopping off of that call with all of my Mercury retrograde students, I then went and I taught two yoga classes. And the stark difference between the people who are both sets of groups, mindful people, but the set of group who consciously invested in Mercury retrograde and like built awareness around what was happening in their chart and their energy body's reaction to things, what that was telling them about their subconscious, where they can rewire, um, you know, the people who are really diving into all of that during the entirety of the Mercury, Mercury retrograde versus the second group of people, my yoga students, who are still so mindful and great people. But when I say they were chaotic, I mean, everyone came in so stressed and just like, that was the wildest day. And like, just with the just most intense stories. And 
when planets I, I share that story because when planets go direct it tends to stir up a lot of what the universe had been trying to teach us all along I like to compare it to exam season we have been with with Mars retrograde and with Mercury retrograde we have been in these courses we've been in these cosmic courses where we are unlearning things and starting to see things in new perspectives through challenges and we're unlearning unlearning seeing in a new way being challenged unlearning seeing in a new way and then at the end of the course we have the exam and during the exam everything from the course gets brought up in one day gets brought up in one sitting and that's kind of what happens when planets go direct so i think i was i think i had a point that i was trying to get to beyond that um but i can tend to talk myself in circles so i really i want to make these episodes in one recording like i don't want to pause and listen back um because I actually, I had a podcast over on Urban Buddha that I started a year ago today. How funny is that? Not today, but this month. Um, and one thing that I found my energy got really caught up in was pausing and restarting and pausing and restarting and judging myself and my voice while I was still mid-episode. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but that might mean that I go on some tangents and never make my way back because (laughs) that is just the way my mind works sometimes. I know it's not astrology, but in human design, the only open center that I have is my throat, which I honestly love. It's one of my favorite things about my entire human design chart, Um, but sometimes it can lead to a lot of tangents, especially when I'm in a room speaking to a mass of people who are not here with me in the real time. Okay, so let's drop back into Mercury Direct for a moment. We had this kind of exam period, but specifically with Mercury going direct, this Mercury retrograde was in Capricorn, so we really got a course in unlearning our inner masculine and relearning our inner masculine through challenging opportunities and I mentioned this briefly but I really noticed this retrograde that it was less about the technical snafus while they were still there it was more about the mental fear and confusion coming up and that was the thing that was kind of blocking us or making the systems not work or like I know for me personally like I really got stuck in action. I mean, this podcast, for example, this podcast is such a great example and evidence of these planets going direct because this podcast had been on my mind forever. While these planets were retrograde, I had to really sit with taking action in a new way, embodying my inner masculine. And then once those two planets went direct, it was like, boom, okay, let me just sit down like STFU, I'm going to record it in one seating. I'm not going to hit pause and we're just going to get the information out there. Um, And I'll be honest, that took a lot of inner masculine healing. It took a lot of 
facing my fear. It took a lot at looking where my fear was literally the only thing holding back the step-by-step process, um, which is cool. Like, I, I really like Mercury retrograde and Capricorn, actually. Each Mercury retrograde that moves, like, every time it moves through a different sign, it kind of, it takes on the different characteristics of the sign. So, for example, later in this year, we'll have Mercury retrograde and Virgo. And that is always one that's much more like tech focused. Like the the logistics don't do the logisticking. (laughs) And it's a time where a lot of perfectionism comes up. A lot of body issues come up because these are all the themes of Virgo. Whereas the themes of Capricorn are masculinity and vision and leadership and bravery and groundedness. Um, So... that Mercury retrograde tends to take on those themes. So two thumbs up for Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. (laughs) Okay. Um, And just to close that out, we are in the shadow period until February 7th. So we are still learning and embodying all of the lessons until then. And keep, stay tuned for a future Mercury retrograde intensive it was sick. I loved it. Like it was actually one of my favorite programs I've ever offered because it just solved such a big pain point that all of us who are astrologically inclined and intuitive deal with. Like Mercury retrograde is annoying and being able to provide solutions and a new way of experiencing it for people who are growth oriented felt really good. Going through it in a community and like having a place to share the frustrations and the confusion and the mishap moments, but then like find acceptance together felt really good. And now moving into this post shadow period, I feel so good, like knowing exactly what I'm working into embodiment. So I'm obsessed. Stay tuned for the next one. Next Mercury retrograde. Like, it's changed my life to the point where I'm excited for the next Mercury retrograde, you know? (laughs) Okay. Um, This past week, the sun also entered Aquarius, which honestly, I totally forgot about. (laughs) I think there was so much going on with Mars going direct and with Mercury going direct that it kind of just flew under the radar. But then as I looked at the month ahead, as I looked at Aquarius season, I was like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense because this Aquarius season is pretty uneventful in terms of transits. Aquarius energy is so fun and eclectic and innovative and edgy and outside the box. So it's not like Aquarius season is going to be boring. It's just in terms of like movement happening in the sky, there's not a lot of other movement happening. And that's perfect because we started the year with some intensity with these two retrogrades. March is a wild month. Then we move into eclipse season. So we kind of, and and I want to say too, like 2023 is pretty front loaded. So when I say all of this, I don't want you to be like, oh my God, it never ends. Like, first of all, if that's how you're feeling, shift your relationship to astrology. Like not every transit is bad. And even the ones that are quote unquote bad, like Mercury retrograde are offering you so much. And if you need help shifting your perspective, that that's what I do. Keep listening to this 
astrology I offer, sign up for my courses. Like I really, my biggest effort is to provide specific information to like not gatekeep any of the data or where I'm finding it. And my second biggest priority there, like tied at the top, is to make sure that you are not approaching astrology from this pessimistic, doomsday, ego, fear-fueling paradigm. I want you to use astrology as a neutral tool that you use to help understand your experiences and sense of self. And when you understand your experiences and your sense of self more, there is nothing that you can't do genuinely like you are so unstoppable when you know yourself so (laughs) sorry that was a little rant but I'm really passionate about it anyway this Aquarius season is a little uneventful but this air sign and the kind of like moment of quietness in the sky is going to be incredible because that air energy is going to keep us uplifted like keep keep the energy open and able to move as it pleases and kind of reorient keep reorienting and then Aquarius is all about innovation so I wrote down um it's going to be uneventful but ready for some I'm ready for some air energy to help us innovate fully into the shifts that have already begun So it's like the retrograde started these big, profound shifts. And while Aquarius season is quiet, Aquarius itself is innovative. So we're going to stay uplifted. We're going to reorient and keep innovating into this next level. It's a little less like introspective and like inner world intensive. And it's a little bit more creative and like looking at things and being like, okay, how can I how can I play an active role here? What can I reorient? How can I apply myself? Which actually, that's the beautiful segue into the next segment of all of these episodes, which is what's up next in the universe. So these are the transits for the week ahead. Um, There's the new moon in Aquarius. For some reason, I feel so disconnected to this new moon in Aquarius. And maybe I'll come back and talk about it. But um, I want to skip it for now because really I want to talk about the next transit that happens on January 22nd, which is Uranus moving direct. Uranus is the planetary ruler of Aquarius. And so when Uranus was retrograde, and it's been retrograde since August 24th, 2022, when Uranus was retrograde, it has us turn inwards and all of these themes of Uranus, which includes um, being rebellious, um, being a thought leader, uh, change making, unexpected shocks and changes, um, geniusness, innovation. Um, I know there's another word I really like that I'm missing, but you get the gist. It's like, really, when I see Uranus, it's the unexpected spontaneity. It's like something just random is going to pop in and change everything. And while Uranus is retrograde, that happens in our internal world. So we get a lot of intuitive internal epiphanies. We make a lot of decisions for kind of long-term vision and how we want to move and where we want to go. And it's all happening in our internal landscape. It's these big internal shifts, shocks, and changes. 
kind of, yeah. When Uranus goes direct, all of that internal expansion and internal work then gets to be mirrored into the external reality. So then there's spontaneous changes, sudden shocks, geniusness, innovation, all of that starts pouring through in our external world because we have spent the last few months expanding our internal world and now the external world is going to come meet it. So that's just, it, it makes sense that all of this is happening during Aquarius season. This Aquarius season is high, high in the innovation. Um, I want to add a note to people tend to create so much drama about every single retrograde under the sun. <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> there retrogrades matter, but there are a lot of retrogrades that they are they are planned, not planned. I mean, kind of I mean, all retrogrades are planned, but there are a lot of planets that retrograde at the same time every year and they spend half the amount of time retrograding like they spend equal part retrograding and direct and so when we speak to uranus retrograde well yeah like when uranus moves direct there will be an obvious shift of like ooh, the epiphanies were happening internally and maybe i was getting a lot of downloads or pings or you know big perspective changes and now it's suddenly like oh whoa like I have a whole new financial reality or like oh whoa I like actually am moving all of a sudden and I didn't plan to be there's going to be that shift but like the actual shift of like Uranus being retrograde like we're not we're not stressed it's, it's not a big deal when Uranus is retrograde um but I thought that was actually really interesting that I said that I used getting more money as the example of some external realities that might shift because it's actually so astrologically true. Uranus is in the sign of Taurus and it's a slow moving planet because it retrogrades so long and so often. It's a slow moving planet and it is in the sign of Taurus. And I'm forgetting the years exactly, but it's in Taurus for a while. Like, I, I think it's seven years. So I'm not going to say the years because I don't want to spread misinformation. I don't want someone to hear. Like, I don't want to name two years and be like, it's one of the two. And then next thing you know, like, you're only going to remember the one. <laughs> that's the wrong one and then you're gonna start sharing it um because I do really do hope you share the information you learn from this podcast and in fact I just know you naturally well but when Uranus is in Taurus it is all about transformation of our monetary system so last time Uranus was in Taurus was actually during the Great Depression when we switched um how like how we valued money I forget honestly I need to like take a history mini course again. I used to love history. I forget if we shifted onto the gold standard or off the gold standard. We shifted off the gold standard and onto the American dollar. Um, last time Uranus was in Taurus in the 1930s. So now Uranus is back in Taurus. Honestly, I have a feeling that this year or in the years to come, like I think right now, I we all know right now the economy is moving through a recessive period 
And I think when we come out of that recessive period, we're actually going to have a new standardization system for money. And I don't really know the markets that well. Like I, I'm a Taurus son. Like I definitely get it and, and enjoy it. Um, but I'm not going to come on here and be like, I think the new system is going to be based off of blah, 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 web three, do, do, do. Cause I, that goes beyond my expertise. Um, but I do expect some big changes to come. But for the sake of next week, when Uranus moves direct, if you have been doing a lot of internal work and had a lot of internal epiphanies about your self-worth and your ability to hold higher amounts of money or wealth or even just luxury items, when Uranus goes direct, you can... I don't want to say expect, but it would only be natural that those change, changes then manifested on the external physical level. So I know personally, I've been doing a lot of work around increasing my self-worth so that I can move beyond my current um, upper level when it comes to how much money I, my nervous system, my subconscious feels comfortable holding and maintaining and like being part of my identity. Honestly, it's been a huge theme since August, which makes sense. That's when Uranus went retrograde. So like fingers crossed, it would show that I see those benefits um, when Uranus goes direct. So just expect some spontaneity in your external world. And if you've been doing the inner work, that spontaneity is going to feel really good. Uranus is pretty neutral. Like it can be sudden shocks that are like incredible miracles. It can be sudden shocks that like devastate you. It's just a matter of how deeply you're really listening to yourself. And if Uranus feels like it really needs to wake you up, it will be more devastating. And if Uranus knows that you're aligned, it will be more of that like miracle sense. Okay, moving on in the next week, we also have Venus entering Pisces on January 29th. This is a super fun transit because Venus is the planet of love, abundance, beauty, gracefulness, goddess, the finer things in life. Pisces is romance, creativity, dreaminess, um, emotions, flow, other realms. And so while Venus is in Pisces, it's just an overall magical time. Like it's kind of real. It's, it's a very, very cool transit. Um, what I will say is be mindful not to get swept away in illusions. Pisces can Pisces is also about the illusion, you know? So just be mindful not to get caught up in illusions. Venus is in Pisces until February 20th. Let me double check that. Yeah, February 20th. Okay, sorry. I'm recording in this room and the lights are not on, like, because I was sitting in here as the sun was setting and it's now gotten dark. I'm still watching the gorgeous sky, by the way. Maybe I'll take a little picture. Where's my phone? Um, but I don't want to get up and turn the lights on because I want to record this in one, in one sitting. Anyway, so I had to 
pull my head away from the mic so I could like see what was written down on my sheet of paper. So Venus is in Pisces from January 26th to February 20th. It's a really cool transit. Have fun with it. Open yourself up to the beauty, to the love, to the romanticism all around. Like genuinely, this is the transit of romanticizing your life. For my single girlies or for my girlies who are in relationships that they would maybe consider unhealthy, be mindful. Maintain boundaries. Pisces is boundless, which is incredible because when then Venus goes into Pisces, it means boundless love, boundless beauty, boundless grace, boundless goddessness, you know, like it's awesome. But if you are around the wrong people who are not serving you and who are draining you and you are following them rather than living alongside them in connection, this is a transit where you can get really lost in the sauce and regret it later. So keep that in mind. And then once you you set those boundaries for yourself and you trust yourself with them and you check yourself consistently until February 20th with them, then you're going to soak up just the beyond this world beauty of that transit. Honestly, I'm kind of moving through a creative awakening recently. Pisces rules my fifth house of creativity. And I don't know why, but I just feel like, I mean, I do know why, but astral, when I look at my chart, I don't exactly know why I feel so out of touch with that part of my chart, other than maybe that Pisces is originally connected to the 12th house. The 12th house is the unconscious, forgetting, self-sabotage. So that means like the shadow of Pisces ruling my fifth house of creativity means that some I often can forget it. I often can self-sabotage it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's it. Nailed it. Um, so I'm really excited for this Venus transit because I've been having this creative awakening and I just want more of it. And I know that Venus moving through my fifth house is just going to be this this incredible fuel, especially because at the end of 2022, I started to really like I went home for a month. I was working, but just at a completely different pace and style. And I really I made time to like I got a coloring book for Christmas. I made time to color every day. I learned how to hand knit and I started hand knitting my boyfriend a blanket, which by the way, I posted on my Instagram story and everyone thought it was a massive bowl of chicken nuggets. And I've never, I think that was the highest engaged story I've ever posted in my entire life. And it was because everyone was like, are those chicken nuggets? Dot, dot, dot question mark like it was so off brand if it was gonna be chicken nuggets um nothing against chicken nuggets though but anyway I'm excited for this transit I I don't know what to expect fully I mean I we can interpret it and look at it and be like okay boundless love boundless goddessness but I think in a lot of ways and you probably resonate with this it's like what does that mean you know like we are so caught in our suppressed feminine that when a transit as feminine uh, 
as Venus in Pisces comes through, it's kind of like, okay, like buckle in. I have no idea what's about to happen because I don't even know that side of myself. But I'm really excited because especially in running this Mercury retrograde intensive, it it's been a deep immersion into my inner masculine. And, and for everyone, it's been a deep immersion into all of our inner masculine. But for me and and the community I had inside of that program, we were all like highly inquisitive and investigative and am, ambitious to understand our inner masculine more. So I'm really excited now that Mercury is direct to kind of have that counterbalance and be like, okay, let's deep dive into the feminine now. Like let, let's, let's let some feminine energy grace in as she does. Okay, the next transit I want to talk about, well, let's loop back to the new moon in Aquarius. I don't know why I'm feeling so resistant to it. Um, I think it's something I got to figure out on my own end. Like I know I maybe used to feel this way about Mercury retrogrades, and I know a lot of other astrologers do feel this way about Mercury retrogrades, but like when transits become so popularized and sensationalized, it's incredible. Like I will always first and foremost love that because it means that it's more accessible for more people to start their astrology journey. And just, it, it gets really noisy. And I think the fact that this new moon is an Aquarius and Aquarius is like counterculture. <laughs> Aquarius literally is, is the icon of counterculture. And I think I'm really feeling like I want to be counterculture and it's a little bit of a shadow. Um, my IC is an Aquarius, which means my roots, my inner world, the direct and opposite from my midheaven. So like Aquarius is a big fueling center in my chart. Um, and it's a place where like in everyone's chart, your IC is a place where shadow tends to accumulate or like be originally placed. So I think I'm like really in my rebel energy and like counterculture stankness, but <laughs> this other voice in my head it's like my my higher self voice is like okay like stop just like give them the details now like move on <laughs> anyway so new moon in Aquarius it's happening on the 21st of January new moons are a time to plant seeds set intentions and then throughout the manifestations and then throughout the lunar cycle um you get to watch them grow and each phase of the moon cycle carries different meanings and so that New moon is a time to go inwards. It's the darkest moment of the sky. It's time to sit with yourself. And then from after sitting with yourself, be like, okay, okay, this is my intention. This is how I aim to feel. Um, with it being an Aquarius, Aquarius is all about, I mean, we talked a lot about Aquarius energy today, but one thing we haven't quite touched on is that Aquarius is about both the individual and the collective which I know can be kind of hard to wrap your head around because we learn in today's day and age that the individual is the opposite of the collective. And even when we look at like, when we study political science systems, we learn that capitalism is the opposite 
of uh, collectivism or capitalism is the opposite of mm, why am I forgetting the name oh communism <laughs> um, but like are they really opposites or have they just been pitted against each other and what we learn and like when we learn that they're opposites we learn that capitalism is the individual first and um, communism is the collective first. And so we learn that individual and collective are opposite. <laughs> Which in itself is so problematic just on a like spiritual psycho level because then subconsciously we start to learn that our individual needs and desires are at direct conflict to the collective. When that is simply not the case, we all have a seed that is planted in us as our desires, as our needs, as that, that urge. And we are meant to lean into those things with discernment. You know, I'm not saying like act on every urge you have, but we are meant to step into our, our individuality because our individual, individuality has a direct impact in the collective. Because the collective is individuals. And what Aquarius really tries to teach us, and tries so hard to teach us, and we are so far away from it at times, is that the individual and the collective are one in the same. And so during this new moon, specifically set intentions around your individuality. And I'm just going to leave it as open as that. I think it's going to end up looking different for everyone. For some of you, it might be my individuality and how that affects the collective. For some of you, it's going to be more in this rebel energy of breaking away from group think that hasn't been serving you or groups themselves that don't empower who you really are. Um, Aquarius is also about technology it's about humanitarianism, hopes and wishes for the world. So it's an air sign. It's like kind of up and up and out there, like thinking about things from like a really wide, 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 like massively wide perspective. So keep that wide perspective, but like maintain your sense of individuality as you sit in that. And if you love the moon cycles, I have Starstruck Astrology Club which is where I teach you, we move through the moon cycles together for six months, which is a complete lunation. And I guide you through, we set intentions for each new moon. I teach you how to read exactly what each new moon does to your chart specifically. So you don't have to run to an astrologer every time. You can learn how to pull up your chart and decipher it for yourself. Uh, it's it's an intimate setting. It's a highly connected community and it's transformative work. The moon is so transformative, especially if you want to live a more intuitively based life. So those are the transits we have in store this week. The last one is that on um, Tuesday the 28th, it's the first quarter moon in Taurus. It's a mm, less predominant transit. Like, it's one that I notice we don't really feel as intensely, but if we want to tap into it, it's there and it, and it has massive opportunity for us. But it does require a lot more conscious engagement rather than say urine is going direct. We feel the effects 
pretty clearly. Like, I think everyone in the world would be like, whoa, what's going on today? But we don't necessarily have to do as much conscious engagement around it. Whereas, like, when we're working with the moon, and especially something like a first quarter moon, we're not going to be like, whoa, like, what's happening? Oh, my God, it's a first quarter moon? No wonder. You know, it's like... (laughs) But anyway... The first quarter moon is in Taurus. So it's actually going to be this nice stopping point because Uranus would have just gone direct in Taurus. And um, first quarter moons are a great time to take action. Um, With these Taurus themes, take action around your self-worth. Take action around your boundaries. Take action around like deciding to rest I'm getting that as a strong ping like deciding to rest is an action or like knowing you need to rest and reset is productive and I think a lot of you need that reminder as we all often do all right I am gonna wrap this episode up please subscribe send it to a friend take a screenshot put it on your Instagram story leave a five-star review, DM me, tell me what your favorite parts were, what really gave you clarity, what questions you're, you have maybe after listening. As you can tell, like I, I go pretty deep. I like to get proficient with astrology because the thing with astrology is that like it's so, it's a system. It gets so specific. So it's like, why would we use it and not get the specific? Like we're wasting a tool for like, I think that's why, sorry, I'm just going to be like mad about it one more time. That's why when people are like, oh, it's a new moon. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) Because like, there's so much more to consider and unpack and and really sit with. That's where the trigger is for me. Like, I really want people to sit with it. And astrology is intuitive. And like, if you're using astrology, but you're not actually dropping into your intuitive guidance and using astrology to help you cultivate it, then like, it really frustrates me. Because I've noticed in life, one of the things that frustrates me the most is lost potential. Or like, yeah, I guess it sounds like those words sound harsh, but like, like I hate when there's a beautiful house, but it's not designed well, like in an interior decoration. Like that really frustrates me because I'm like, oh, there was so much potential here. So I think when people are like, it's a full moon tonight and it's a new moon, not a full moon, but like they're just being so surface level about it that they don't even realize the difference. It, it agitates me because I'm like, oh, there's so much potential here. So as you can tell, I love the proficiency. I love going deep. I don't hold any of the details back. Like all of this, you can Google. Like all of the details I gave you, you can Google. And so what I really want this brand, this podcast, this community to be is like, I'm not going to hold anything that you can Google back from you because that would be gatekeeping and that would be dumb um and then with that of course there's my interpretation there's my intuitive take there's my years of experience behind it but I really want to empower you to build a more comprehensive understanding to astrology like if every single one of you listened ended up becoming an astrologer after immersing yourself in starstruck like check perfect that's exactly what I want like I want you to be that proficient but I want it to be accessible and I want it to be fun along the way so I'm gonna go this was so much fun I I fucking did it I sat down I recorded this in one take 
I have never done that. I'm super proud of myself. Thank you so much for listening. If you are not already, make sure you follow Starstruck Astrology on Instagram. Share it with a friend. Uh, Subscribe to the newsletter. You can subscribe to the newsletter through the show notes underneath or in the link on the Instagram page. And book a birth chart reading. Let's get to know each other. I want to see what's in your chart. I want to know what you're moving through, both uh, like in your energy field and astrologically in your in your conscious energy field I should say as well as in your astrology I want to connect those dots for you so you can know like oh wow I am moving through this and I'm you're gonna hop on a call with me and I'm gonna go wow that makes so much sense that you're dealing with that because there's actually like three major transits happening right now that are doing exactly that and and so you're feeling it and and we're gonna run from there and we're gonna play and I know that's gonna happen because that happens in literally every single birth chart reading I do that because that's the way astrology works um okay I gotta go bye